Hey, Deserve listeners, in my 25 plus years as a couple therapist, I have slowly learned that apologies are one of the cornerstones of a solid, good relationship or even of a good life, really. To be able to apologize is such a powerful thing. To be able to forgive is such a powerful thing. To receive an apology is such a powerful thing. I would witness this with the couples I would work with. I would realize over time that, oh, it sounds like you are wanting an apology from your partner for something that happened last night or something that happened 10 years ago. It sounds like you want an apology. Is that right? And because people are afraid of vulnerability, they might not admit it, but over time they would. And then I would engineer or facilitate an apology and the power of a good apology. I'm not just talking like saying I'm sorry. I'm I'm talking about like a deep, rich, empathetic, remorseful, insightful apology. An apology that takes into account your own issues. An apology that appreciates what harm you committed on the other person. An apology that really plans for the future, figures out, well, here are the factors that led me to committing the transgression in the first place, and I'm actually, I have a plan to address that in the future. I mean, I'm talking about real deep apologies. The fact is, we cannot help but to hurt each other sometimes. We are prone to making mistakes, to not reading the room, to not understanding what someone else's triggers are, to being in a bad mood. We will hurt our partners, our friends, our family members, our coworkers, people that we just meet on the street. It's just one of the facts of life. We're going to hurt each other's feelings. We're going to scare people. We're going to bother other people. And so we have to apologize a lot. Now, sometimes you don't have to have an elaborate apology, but some communication that you feel bad, that you, you feel sorry for something, that you regret what you did or that you appreciate the harm or the bother that you put someone else through. This is the foundation of our lives, and yet it's almost never talked about in the clinical world. And the healing nature of a good apology, I mean, just take a minute to think about an apology that you would like to receive from someone in your life. Maybe it's someone that is close to you now, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a former partner or a former friend or something. Just take a minute, maybe pause it, and think about an apology that you would just love to receive from this person. Think about what you would like them to apologize for. Think about what it would mean to you if they truly apologized and really with compassion and understanding and validation of your feelings really took the time to show that they're sorry and that they've thought about it and that they have been thinking about it. Or maybe you have received such an apology or given such an apology and how powerful these experiences can be and how important they are in our lives. Another thing that I discovered both professionally and personally is that apologies typically are insufficient in a number of ways. People will say, I'm sorry, but, or they will say, I'm sorry, and that's it. Or they will seem remorseful, but they won't really have shown that they thought about why they committed the transgression or various other reasons as to why an apology would be insufficient. In my experience, both in my office and out of my office, apologies are almost never sufficient. They're almost always below the threshold of what I would call sufficient enough to address the transgression. Now, there are a number of reasons for this. We don't talk about it in schools enough. We also come from a culture where we're obsessed with winning and of stoicism and not being weak. And there's all these barriers to not only apologizing, but even just learning about apologies or appreciating the importance of apologies. So in spite of the fact that apologies are critical, 
to human life. The concept of apologies is one of the least discussed concepts in my field and in our culture for that matter. You almost never hear clinicians talking about apologies in a sophisticated way. Even marriage and family therapists who specialize in working with couples and families and relationships. So months and months ago, I decided that I wanted to do a deep dive on apologies and forgiveness. And so I started looking at all the literature. I thought a lot about it. I looked at a lot of different examples online. I took a lot of questions from the listeners. And I've been working on this deep dive for months. And I'm so happy to finally be here recording this. It's really what I'm always shooting for. Whenever I'm crossing things off my list, I'm always like, okay, got to cross this off my list so I can do the next deep dive. And here we are. And with this deep dive, I want to provide both a scientific research-based perspective of apologies and forgiveness and a clinical understanding of it, but also a very personal understanding. Why we are interested in this in the first place, because it's a very human thing to want an apology and to give an apology, to heal from an apology, and to feel neglected when we don't get an apology. I mean, some of you might have never received an adequate apology ever in your entire life. And that is a tragedy. And for some of you in that situation, if you did receive even just 10% of the apologies that you deserve, you might be a lot better off in life. You might be able to trust people more. You might be able to love yourself more. Also, you yourself probably should be apologizing to people in your current life and in your past life, and you haven't done it because it's not modeled enough in our society or you're afraid of what the other person will do. And so I, I want to get into all of that in this deep dive. I want to provide inspiration and a background, definitions, so that people can actually learn how to apologize more effectively and also elicit apologies. Now that I understand what a true apology is and I can clarify what my needs are and how that can be met, I can actually ask people to give me the sort of apology that I'm looking for. Some of you might say, well, is that a real apology? And yeah, it can be because we have to start somewhere and since we don't talk about it enough in our society, just because you might understand what a good apology is doesn't mean that the other people do. And so sometimes you have to educate people a little bit, so to speak, so that they can go, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. And then they can run with it. And then you can get your needs met by getting apologies that you deserve as well. So in this deep dive, I want to get into what the research says about apologies and forgiveness, what the definitions are. There are various different definitions of apologizing, and I want to provide my definition of apology that takes into account the various different apologies in the clinical literature that have been proposed over the past several decades. I want to talk about what constitutes a non-apology or, or what people think is an apology but actually isn't an apology. I want to go over terms. I want to talk about the components of apologies. You'll often hear me talk about the necessary components of an apology, and I, would, I want to provide my, I think, my final version about what constitutes the different components. I'm going to talk about the research regarding predictors of apology, what predicts whether or not an apology will happen. I want to talk about the research regarding outcomes of apologies, what are the results of apologies and relationships. I want to talk a little bit about the cultural differences of apologies. Then I'm going to go on a whole tangent of forgiveness. There's a lot to talk about when we talk about forgiveness as well. It's the counterpoint to apologies. I'm going to talk about the definitions over time. I'm going to talk about my own definition, what forgiveness is not, because there's a lot of misconceptions about what forgiveness is and different definitions. I'm going to talk about the phases of forgiving, because forgiveness isn't just something that typically is just suddenly decided upon it. There's different phases to eventual forgiveness. Talk about predictors of 
forgiveness in the literature. I'm talking about common barriers to forgiveness and effect, effects outcomes of forgiveness. I want to talk about apologizing and forgive, forgiveness in therapy, interventions, considerations, because we don't want to force people to apologize and forgive, of course, but there are things as a therapist you can do to help others to go down a road that will give them more opportunities to explore their own apologies and explore their own forgiveness. I'm also going to go over your emails because a while back I asked for a lot of questions and submissions about apologies and forgiveness, your examples. Also, I sent a survey out asking people if there was anything that I should be apologizing to you for, and a few people actually submitted some things, and so I'm going to apologize to you in this deep dive. In other episodes, I'm going to analyze famous apologies from public figures like Army Hammer, Taylor Swift, Donald Trump, the CEO of LinkedIn, the CEO of Better.com, Tiger Woods, Justin Trudeau. Doe, Bill Clinton, Chris Brown, the CEO of JetBlue Airlines, so and many more. I want to really get into analyzing different public figures. Apologies. I'm going to analyze criminal offender apologies because sometimes an offender, a person convicted of murder, will apologize to the victim's family. I want to go over those and do some reaction videos to that. I want to go over the clinical literature regarding collective apologies, like from nations to other nations or uh, a company to its customers, that sort of thing. There's a lot of theory around that. So I want to make a number of episodes, but the main bulk of the deep dive will be this episode, which is just for patrons of the podcast. So this episode will end before the rest of it begins if you're not a patron. So if you want to hear this whole episode, you have to become a patron of the podcast by going to patreon.com or clicking the link below. And when you become a patron, you get access to all of our best episodes. We have hundreds of deep dives that we've done over the years. So yeah, become a patron of the podcast and you can hear the rest of this episode. And for everyone else, please take care of yourself and apologize and elicit apologies because you deserve it. You really, really do. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.